Hello, everyone. Good evening. <clears throat> this is Francis Simeon, and you are listening to the Pauline Fellowship. Um, this is also being recorded in its audio form for our podcast, um, the Workman Unashamed podcast. <clears throat> um, it's kind of kind of different this time because uh, uh, we're actually on vacation, so this is recorded in a different way. Um, this is just going to be the notes and the slides without me uh, being shown, which is probably <laughs> probably awesome for a lot of reasons. But yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about, today we're going to be talking about this second part of the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ, which is going to be entitled The Fundamental Differences Between Paul's Gospel and the Kingdom Gospel. Uh, as a message outline, of course, this is just part two. There's going to be part three and maybe, I'm sure, part four as well, not maybe. Uh, but as for the message outline, uh, tonight, this week, we're going to talk about the basic or the fundamental differences uh, between the two doctrines, and I'll actually give it to you here in a bit. And then uh, number two, which will be next week, and number three will be the week following. So the doctrinal differences and the practical differences between um, the gospel of Paul and the kingdom gospel. Now, as a review, last week we talked about Satan wanting um, to be like the most high. Most high, as defined by the book of Genesis, is the possessor of heaven and earth. So, um, um, you know, last week we talked about from the beginning from Noah and how God dealt and what God's message is but, uh, from Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and then all the way to John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter, and the rest of the disciples, and then after the cross until the Apostle Paul. Now, of course, the focus here is not necessarily the historical or the dispensational um, events. What we're looking at, of course, or what the focus is, is the gospel itself, the, the message, the different gospels, the different messages, and how they're different, how they're distinct. But also, even though we said earlier the focus is not so much on the dispensational or the historical um, uh, events, these things are very important to study or to look into because these things, these events, these different dealings of God with different men in different time, times give us an insight on how God uh, deals with, just like I said, different people. And um, some people immediately push back on that and say, well, God's different. I mean, God's the, the same all the time. He never changes. Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. And they'll quote that, quote that verse. Well, that's true. That's not 
that you know there's no contest there that's in the bible god does not change that's talking about the attributes of god he's holy then he's holy now he will forever be holy god is love uh then god is love now he will forever be love um but what we're talking about now is god's dealing between uh you know with different people in different time and because even though god does not change men always changes men always change so therefore god's dealing with men is different as well so let's go to the basic or fundamental differences if you will um and and let's actually lay it out in this graph over here and then um and then we'll talk, then we'll look at the verses uh after that right so when it comes to the speakers or the ministers and uh well of course at first the title we is that we we uh, were differentiating the kingdom gospel and the Pauline gospel. But here in our chart, as you can see, we have uh, differentiated the kingdom gospel before the cross and the kingdom gospel after the cross. So ministers in uh, the kingdom gospel before the cross, John the Baptist, Jesus, of course, and disciples. After the cross, it's just Peter and the twelve, the apostles. Why? The Lord Jesus Christ has, have, has ascended into heaven and Jesus and John the Baptist is beheaded. In the Pauline gospel, of course, the speaker or the minister is the apostle Paul. The audience during um, the time of the kingdom gospel before the cross to the nation of Israel. After the cross, it's beginning with Israel, with Israel to branch out to the nations to be their head. And who is the audience of the Apostle Paul when he was when he was talking or when he would preach? Alright? It's to all without distinction. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, between circumcision or uncircumcision, it's to all right what about the content during the kingdom gospel before the cross the kingdom gospel's content before the cross is repent for the kingdom is at hand what about after the cross jesus from the line of david and raised by god after he slew him is christ now that's part of that 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 first part is the gospel of god and then the second part, repent and be baptized, is still the kingdom gospel. So as you can see before the cross, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Is that the gospel that you and I are saved today? What about after the cross? Jesus from the line of David and raised by God after he slew him. He's Christ. Repent and be baptized. Is this the gospel wherewith we are saved today? No. That's not the same one. What about what is our gospel today? Jesus died, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Jesus, Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day. Okay? This is our gospel. So as you can see, there's there's distinct differences 
Okay. What about destination? What is the destination of the people who these speakers are talking to? We know that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came here the first time, was setting up a literal earthly kingdom. And after the cross, that's the same thing they are looking for. Okay. Us, however, the people who are the recipients of the Pauline gospel, are heavenly people. We are not the earthly people. We are looking up. The people who are part of the kingdom gospel, or the earthly kingdom, are looking forward. Not us, however, we are looking up. What about the program during the, the kingdom gospel, before and after the cross? They are both prophecy. Our program is called the mystery. So that, in a nutshell, is the basic differences. Now let's go to the verses. I know we're not, this is, this, we're not going to be able to finish everything tonight or to, today because there's so many so much ground to cover okay now you might be asking before i go forward you might be asking why go through all of this when you talked about the different gospels like the kingdom gospel and the gospel of god you did not go through that much trouble to um lay so much groundwork why now why are you laying so much groundwork now well the goal here is to show everyone god willing what happened why are we here now why is god's message to us through the apostle paul different compared to god his message to other people during other time and i i believe that if all this groundwork is laid after everything once you know and once you understand the answers to these questions you would definitely appreciate the gospel given to us you would definitely appreciate uh the pauline um apostleship and his ministry to us word and the more you understand that, the more you will know which one is fake, which gospel is not for us, which churches are preaching the wrong gospels, and which ministers are, are, are witnessing the wrong way or sharing God's uh, words the wrong way. There are so many benefits to knowing why we're here, why our gospel is different, and why our apostle is the apostle Paul. Okay, so that's the reason why we're taking all this trouble. And I know it's not; it might be trouble to some, but it's not. It's not really. I I enjoy going through all of this because it's so rich, so rich what the Lord has done for us. Um, in another part, in, in in Ephesians chapter number three, the apostle Paul calls it the unsearchable riches of Christ. See? All right, so going back to our pro, to our uh, outline over here, this table over here, without the verses, gives us 
the basic or fundamental differences between the kingdom gospel and the Pauline gospel, right? This is just in a nutshell, no verses written on there, just the basic facts. Now, uh, like I said, the program in, during the kingdom gospel is prophecy, and the program during the Pauline gospel, period of the, uh, the time when the Pauline gospel is preached, is the mystery, okay? What does that mean? Well, um, all throughout, remember what we said last week in part one of this study. When in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay? Um, and God had a plan. God had plans for both the heaven and the earth. God's plan for the earth is not a secret it was not kept a secret god expressly told men what his plan is for the earth and it's to be given to the nation of israel as the head of nations okay? a kingdom uh, the kingdom is to be given to israel to be the head of nations and because it's not a secret it has been prophesied. See, that's why uh, the program is called prophecy. It's written as it is written. That's why you will always see that it is written as it is written. Okay. Um, that's why the nation of Israel has been the most uh, persecuted nation in the whole world why because it because the devil who wants to be um the the processor of heaven and earth wants the earth okay but anyway so the kingdom has been prophesied it's it's not a secret so let's look at let's look at isaiah chapter number two verses two to four and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it and many people shall go and say come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. Has that happened? Has that happened yet? Or is that happening now? No. That means it has yet to happen. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. As of this speaking, as of this recording, there's a currently currently a war going on between the nation of Russia and the nation of Ukraine, the Ukraine. So you know that this has not happened yet. But it is prophesied that there will be a kingdom out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge among the nations. See? There will be no war.
In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, capital B, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Okay. In Daniel chapter number 2, verse number 44, it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, when you think of a king, you think of a king who was grand, who is authoritative, who has, who has uh, grandeur and glory. You don't necessarily, not necessarily, but you don't at all think of a king who is born in a manger, right? You don't think of a king who rides in a donkey. Uh, and so just set that in the, in the side of your mind there because we're going to talk about that i think you already know where i'm going but as soon as john the baptist comes in okay as a review luke 16 16 <coughs> excuse me the law and the prophets the, the law and the prophets were until john since that time the kingdom of god is preached and every man pressed unto him unto it so we talked about uh, last week a Adam, Noah, Abraham, and then from during the time of Abraham, God started to deal with uh, one family instead of all people in the earth. And then from that one family came uh, the lawgiver. Then it became, Israel became a nation. And then from Moses all the way to John the Baptist, people were preaching what? Are they preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and that everyone was looking forward to the cross? No, no matter how how you read the Bible and no matter what language, it's just all going to be something that people read into the Bible and which and and when I say that I mean people just invent it, but it's nowhere to be found. Okay. Um during Moses, John the Baptist, people preached the law and the prophets. Luke 16, 16 says it itself. But when John the Baptist splits the scene, guess what? He starts preaching something different. He starts preaching, well, not something different. Different from Moses, but it's something that's prophesied. It's not a secret. All of a sudden he says, hey. The kingdom of God's at hand. The kingdom of uh, or the kingdom is about to happen. Okay, that's why when uh, when we get to Matthew chapter number ten, verse five to seven, when the Lord Jesus Christ sent the the twelve, guess what he said? Matthew ten five to seven. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, "Go, what." not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye what not but go rather to the lost sheep of whom the house of Israel and as ye go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand 
Okay? Matthew 15, 24, later on he said, he answered and said, this is Jesus Christ speaking, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So as we can see, John the Baptist says, hey, listen, you've been preaching about the law and the prophets and they've been prophesying about this kingdom and this king which is about to come. I'm telling you right now, John the Baptist say, says, I'm here to tell you it's at hand. It's about to happen. Okay. And then because that kingdom is promised to the nation of Israel, Jesus says, well, to, to the disciples, don't go to the Gentiles. It's just for the nation of Israel. Okay. But what was Israel's response? Of course, we know that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. In John chapter 19, verse 14 and 15, it says, And it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold our king! But they cried out, Yes, don't crucify him. Or, well, yes, crucify him. Because we've been looking forward to the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection will help us with our sins. Is that what he says? No. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests. See, it's the, 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 um, the issue here that they're talking about is not the... Savior, the being, uh, or sorry, the, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Okay. What everyone in this specific point of time knew was in question, was whether the Lord Jesus Christ was king or not. Because if he's king, then he should have a kingdom. And he would bring it in. If not, then he's just lying. Well, Pilate said unto him, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, "We The chief priest itself, okay? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So the kingdom which was prophesied was offered but what did the Jews do? What did the nation of Israel say? Nope, we reject this kingdom. We have no king but Caesar. Look at Matthew 27, verse 24 to 25. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Every Semana Santa in the Philippines or every Holy Week in the Philippines or I think maybe even in any Catholic, uh, predominantly Catholic countries, every Holy Week there's always uh, the reading of the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ and the last events that led to the cross. And one is always about how Pilate washed his hands. But there's actually... A, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of Christians or quote-unquote Christians or Catholic would say, how dare he wash his hands? Sort of just spiritualize it and, and 
pastors and preachers would even go far enough to say, you know, to apply it to us and say, how, how many times do we wash our hands every single day of the Lord Jesus Christ? But did you know that there is a doctrinal value to that? Pilate, who is a Gentile, washed his hands saying, this is not in my hands, which leads to the response of the nation of Israel, watch it. He said, I am innocent of this blood, of the blood of this just person. See to it. Then answered, how many of the people? All the people. And said, his, his whose blood, the king, their king that they're rejecting, his blood be on us and who? And on our children. So that's, that's that's deeper, if you will, than the than the preaching on than the common preaching on why why Pilate washed his hands. Well, after while all this is going on, and when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, here's another last word of the Lord Jesus Christ in the cross. Luke twenty three verse thirty four says. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Still, a lot of preachers, a lot of Christians, and a lot of, you know, quote-unquote churches, Christian churches, would go to this verse and just preach on the nicety or the niceness, the kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, in that he says, Father, forgive him, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. They're just all ignorant people. And then they would apply it on how the Lord Jesus Christ forgave us our sins, even if we're not, we didn't know what we're doing. While, while that's true, there is a dispensational and doctrinal and historical value to what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here and that goes all the way to Luke 13 10 chapters prior to that and we talked about this last week it's this parable okay but let's let's read that again he spake also this parable a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Well, guess what? A fig tree is the nation of Israel. And how many years did Jesus minister to them in his earthly ministry? It's three years. Okay. There is no fruit in those three years. And so it says, cut it down. Why cumber it at the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. You know, that from Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter number 7, the final rejection of the nation of Israel of the kingdom during the preaching of Stephen 
So that's when it, when the nation of Israel fell, the start of the fall and the diminishing. And then the middle wall of partition was broken. Did you know that from 1 to 7 of Acts, that's one year, one year of extension given to the nation of Israel. That's why the kingdom gospel was preached still after the cross because God gave them an extension, just like what that parable says. Yes, the kingdom was offered again after the cross. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 47. It says, And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. See, Acts 24, after the crucifixion. Acts 1 to 8, verse 8, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Right? So, just like in our chart earlier, how that, how that, uh, how that the look, uh, this this is now offered to the nation of Israel, which is to branch out uh, to different nations so that it can be their head, right? In Acts chapter number three, verse twenty-five, twenty-six. Okay. Ye are the children of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers. It's not Gentiles. The fathers of the Gentiles are, you know, not Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the literal fathers, if you mean, if, if, if I may. Now, I grew up in the Philippines and I always give or or I always go back to this illustration whenever I get the chance. Now, the Philippine missionaries, of course, were influenced by American missionaries. And whenever there is talk about revival, it's not uncommon to hear American missionaries or American preachers say something to the effect of, you know, let's go back to the faith of our fathers, meaning the founding fathers now, how they were Christians and how they left uh, Europe, the pilgrims, in search of um, religious freedom, if you will. While historically that can be accurate not always uh it's not necessarily accurate for the philippines because of course the filipino preacher hears that and says wow that's awesome or you know it struck a nerve and and it's just fiery preaching, if you will. And then the Filipino preacher emulates without thinking and says, let's go back to the way of our forefathers. And I was I was listening to one preacher wax eloquent one time, and he said that. And just, I'm sure without thinking about it, because in my head I thought, you know what? The Filipino forefathers are, you know, tribal people who worship anything 
the mountains, the rivers, the spirit of the oldest tree in the name in the tribe or the neighborhood, and you know, wearing tribal clothes and stuff like that. So when you see that in the book of Acts, especially one to seven. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenants which God made with our fathers. Which father? Saying unto Abraham. Says on there, Abraham. And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. So again, the kingdom is offered after the cross. But Israel's response, again, no. Uh, don't have time to go to uh, what happened during the time of Stephen while he was preaching. But just to show you some verses that shows how hard-headed the nation of Israel is. Romans 10, 21 says, But to Israel he says, He saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Romans 11, 11 7 says, What then? Israel hath not obtained that which, that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Romans 11.25 says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in our own conceits. That blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. So when the kingdom was offered again, Acts 1-7, to uh, after the cross, and they rejected it, Again, during the time of, during the preaching of Stephen, guess what? The prophetic clock, remember in our, in our chart, the, the program was prophecy. The prophetic clock was halted, was put on pause. And then it, it is as if God saying, all right, well, my program, which was the earthly program, which is not a secret because I've prophesied it. I've told it to everyone. Uh, my program for now was rejected. So I am going to switch gears into the mystery program. This program is not only, is, was not uh, mentioned was not prophesied that's why it's called a mystery okay it was kept secret since the world began and so we now entered the apostle paul for so long in the timeline in the dispensational timeline or historical timeline for so long god spoke with the, with the Israelites or the nation of Israel through um, prophets and 
and through angels and that burning bush for so long God dealt with the nation of Israel or the the Israelites children of Israel the Jews until the Apostle Paul splits the scene and all of a sudden he speaks to Gentiles he says for I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the Apostle of the Gentiles I magnify mine office well immediately there are some people who would say I reject this Apostle Paul there's so many Apostles in the Bible he's not our he's not only our Apostle Peter is also our Apostle well, I did not say that there's only one Apostle in the Bible I just said that there's well not I did not say that it's the Bible who said that there's only one Apostle to the Gentiles and that's the Apostle Paul and then some would go for forward and say well then I follow Jesus I'm a follower of Jesus. You guys, you guys, you Pauline people, you're you're hyper dispensationalist. I am a follower of Jesus. Well, guess what? Let's look at Jesus in his earthly ministry versus the Apostle Paul. In Galatians chapter number four, verse four. Uh, the existence in the timeline, meaning when the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry came up in the timeline, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made what? Under the law. Right? So the Lord Jesus Christ existed during a time and a place where the law was still in effect. This is the proof verse that says that that page between Malachi and Matthew, which says the New Testament does not make Matthew 1 verse 1 in a different timeline because that was a time when the law was still under effect. But look at 1 Corinthians 15, 7, and 8. Of course, we know uh, context-wise, if you, if you want to go context, it's talking about Paul, talking about um, the people who witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Lord Jesus Christ, not the one in his earthly ministry, okay? It says, after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one, as of one born out of due time. I like the way, the way he words that. It seems like he, it's as if he is saying, listen, there's this timeline that the Lord was following. And then he put it on hold. He put it on halt. And then sort of like the timeline veered to a mystery timeline. And that's why uh, I, I know this is just me and my mind thinking. That's not necessarily what's going on there. But it's just like saying that the Apostle Paul saying, you know, uh, I was the last one who witnessed. Later on in the next verse, he said, I'm not even, I'm not even worthy of being a, an apostle because I, I persecuted the church of God. 
see. But needless to say, his witnessing, his apostleship is different, is that's what we're trying to say, is different from that of the twelve. When the twelve was an apostle, were, were apostles of the circumcision in the timeline of prophecy, the apostle Paul is the apostle to somebody different in a different timeline. What about the ministry between Jesus and Paul? Romans 15 verse 8 says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the... Whom? Circumcision. You can't try to explain that away. He's a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the whom? Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, not those fathers. The promise of God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? The fathers of the circumcision. Romans 15 verse 16, however, differentiates, differentiates the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And we'll go back to this verse here later again. Okay? That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the whom? Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, Jesus Christ, minister of the circumcision, the Apostle Paul, ministry minister to the gentiles look at matthew 16 24 then said jesus unto his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me but in first corinthians 11 verse 1 it says be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. See, a lot of people would say, you guys, you hyper-dispensationalists, you Pauline people, you're not followers of Christ. You're followers of Paul. You're a cult because the one who started your religion is Paul, who is a man. As you know, because the Lord Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, and he came to minister or to start the earthly kingdom, obviously he was operating under the prophetic timeline. And because he was in that area, he was in that timeline, he had to have a different person to minister to the uh, to the Gentiles. Minister the what? The program of the mystery. Okay. Now, I think last but not least, or one of the last things we want to talk about over here is Paul the minister to the Gentiles. And I got this list from my, my dad, who was one of our guest speakers here a few weeks back or a few months back. Let's see how... Uh, Paul, the minister to the Gentiles, 
um, or how Paul is the minister to the Gentiles. First off, Acts 26, verse 16 to 17, says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a what? A minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen. Um, from the, uh, and those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I, what, send thee. So his ministry is to the Gentiles. Look at Romans 15, verse 16. We said this already. We read this earlier, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 3, 6-7. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ, by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. And last but not the least, and there's many verses, um, Colossians 1.25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you uh, to fulfill the word of God. Okay. So these are just verses to uh, proof verses to, um, if you will, sort of prove our, our graph earlier about how the basic um, distinctions or differentiate, uh, differences between the kingdom gospel and the um, Pauline gospel, how, how they're different. And as you can see, Paul, the minister, is different. The, uh, the audience, of course, different. The message is different. The minister, the ministers are different. Which leads us to, like we said earlier, um, over here, the message between um, Moses and John the Baptist was the law and the prophets, of course, prophesying about the, the kingdom which was about to happen. Uh, John the Baptist, Jesus, and the apostles before the cross, repent for the kingdom is at hand. After the cross, the apostles um, just still still tried to offer the kingdom uh, because of that one year one year um, extension that the Lord Jesus pr prayed for, and then after they rejected, uh, in comes Paul saying, "I speak unto you, Gentiles." I hope you learned something about that because uh, next week. So that's just the basic fundamental difference that we studied this week. Next week, we'll talk about the doctrinal differences of the um, of the the different the kingdom gospel and the 
the Pauline gospel, and then we'll also talk about the practical differences. Thank you so much, everyone, for taking the time. Uh, again, I, I apologize if this is sort of different. I didn't even show my face, which is probably okay. Uh, we're sort of on um, vacation mode, and I don't have all my equipment here with me, just a recording. So I hope this will be a blessing to you, and I hope uh, if there's anyone who's not saved, that they would trust that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, died for his sins, was buried, and rose again the third day. And this alone is a sacrifice that's sufficient for him. You don't have to work for anything. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to be a member of anything. Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again the third day for your sins. Would you believe that, friend? Would you be saved? Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. Talk about the doctrinal differences and the practical differences. God bless you.